the Down Below podcast was our last best hope to analyse. A self-contained podcast, who knows how long, located between your ears. A place of discussion and fun for newcomers and veterans. A shining download online. All alone on the web. It was the dawn of the third age of podcasting. The year the Introcast War came upon us all. This is the story of the Babylon 5 Introcast. The year was 2014. The show down below. Uh, hello, everyone, and welcome to Down Below, a Babylon 5 intro cast. I'm Will. Hi, man. I'm Elizabeth. Uh, Heidi couldn't be with us today, but we'll be hearing her thoughts on the episode later. But we are joined by a return visitor to the show. Say hello to Lori. Hey, welcome back, hey, Lori. Lori. Thanks, guys. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you for volunteering. Yeah. Um, you're very welcome. No one wanted this episode for some reason. I don't know why, but Lori was nice enough to step in. That's always yeah. fun talking with you guys. Yeah. Regardless of the episode. <laughs> yeah, always great to have you on. Yes, for sure. Thanks. It's great to have anyone on, really. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I was just, I was just thinking. This is like the sixth place I've recorded from. The sixth different city. That's pretty. That's pretty dedicated. Yeah, you have to make a map. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, map. Yeah, exactly. Like we're well-traveled podcast. Yeah, I bring my little microphone, my little blue microphone with me, my laptop. That it works so far, <laughs> except for that one time. Don't jinx it. We should play guess where. I know. We should play guess where Elizabeth is recording from. <laughs> I'll be recording from somewhere else next week. Stay tuned. Ooh. <laughs> I'm not recording from my usual location either. <laughs> One of these days we're going to have all four of us on the second season. <laughs> <laughs> you did last week, didn't you? Yeah, we did last, last week. I we did. To? Oh, yeah. we did. Okay. That was okay. one of the only times I think we've all been here at the same time. <laughs> oh, okay. Man, it's all a blur. Yeah. All right. Today we are here to discuss episode five of season two, The Long Dark. But first, here's an ISN special report. ISN Special Report Blast from the Past arrives on Babylon 5. Many ships come and go at the Freeport, that is, Babylon 5. None more mysterious than the one that arrived this week, the Explorer vessel Copernicus. Long before we had jump gate technology, the human race was sending out exploratory expeditions into the vast depths of deep space. The Copernicus was one of these, and long thought to have been lost. Rescuing the vessel, the staff of Babylon 5 was able to revive one of its occupants, Mariah Sirtis, whose shock at her hundred years sleep was nothing compared to her grief at losing her husband. It appeared as if Mariah was not the only living survivor of the Copernicus, and a manhunt was on for her husband's killer. Babylon 5 personnel were able to hunt down the hitchhiker and kill this alien creature before it did any further harm. Mariah Sirtis is now on her way to Earth, and ISN News will arrange an exclusive interview. To learn more, stay tuned to ISN News.
The Long Dark originally aired on November 30th, 1994. It was directed by Maria DeLeo, which I forgot to look her up to see what else she had done, because I was distracted by the fact that it was written by Scott Frost, who wrote two episodes of Twin Peaks, and he also wrote the autobiography of FBI agent Dale Cooper. Okay. So that's <laughs> Oh, is that... What is that? I don't know. I've never read it, but I now want to now that I see it. I guess it's a kind of fake autobiography of Dale Cooper is my guess. I don't know. I'm sure, <laughs> I'm sure Twin mm-hmm. Peaks hardcore Twin Peaks fans are screaming, but I want to read it now. Has he done anything else? Uh, he's written some other show. I think he wrote like some episodes of Andromeda, mm. just like that. Yeah, I don't know if you, well, you'll probably be looking for it now, but if you notice the DVD menu, the morphing that it does kind of spoils a little bit that certain characters coming back to the show, I guess. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, we were looking at the morphine, and well, Carl was just commenting on how creepy some of them were. Yeah. And some of them were also better done than others, but, huh, okay, I'm going to have to look back because I didn't notice that. It yeah, spoils well, it going forward, or it spoils it from the beginning of the season? Um, Going forward. Oh, so, oh I guess I better not look. It's not that big of a deal. I mean, thank you. I think I know. I think I know the one you're, you're talking about. <laughs> yeah. well, it's, I don't think it's that spoilery. Yeah, it's not that big of a deal. Yeah, yeah it's now not. But at the, at the same time, you'd rather not know. Yeah, those DVD makers—they don't care. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I know. Guess, yeah. I know. And speaking of the DVDs, um, I don't know whether it's on Region One, but you've got um, some really cheesy trailers for the, each yeah. of the episodes. They're spoilery, but I might be able to get the one for this episode because it's extra cheesy. Yeah, I wanted to try to (laughs) get all the trailers to post in the group like when it was time to get to that episode, but I couldn't find them online anywhere and didn't feel like ripping them. Yeah, but I watched the one for the next episode and it is pretty (laughs) pretty bad. (laughs) Yeah, I think there's one coming down the line where it, it doesn't represent the episode at all. Yeah, that's not surprised. <laughs> yeah. So these are I, uh, on the... Sorry. Oh, no, sorry. I didn't realize you were continuing. No, no, I was just laughing at how bad they are. Yeah, on the DVD, I think right next to each episode, like the little square, I think there's a plus sign next to each episode. And if oh, you click on okay. that, you see the trailer for that episode. Hmm, never check okay, it out. I'll have to watch it after I watch it. Yeah. The first time. But a lot of times they don't really tell you anything. <laughs> but yeah, it's probably best to watch them afterwards. All right, let's get to the episode recap. Let's just Ooh. get through. <laughs> <I'm> excited. <laughs> yeah, I know this wasn't my favorite episode. If you can't, there's a few good quotes in it. I, I... Yeah. yeah, I have. Yeah, I have a couple. Yeah. The episode begins with a ship hurtling through space. In the CNC on B5, they're picking up a signal that they got from deep space. It's using a signal Ivanova hasn't heard before. They hear a recording from a ship called the Copernicus saying that they come in peace. Then in the down below on B5, you see a fight break out kind of randomly, and this guy jumps out of the dumpster and starts screaming and talking nonsense. This guy, we find out his name is Amos, and he's played by Dwight Schultz, who... You may recognize he was Murdoch on the original A-Team TV show, and I think he made a cameo in the movie. Well, I, okay, so at first I thought this was just a random guy. Like, they were going to, I don't know, show things happening to other people as well. So I was like, oh, this guy's great. He's 
completely cheesy, you know, totally over the top. Um, at first, I was like, you know, finding it funny at first, and then he came back. But, um, <laughs> it wasn't yeah, just unfortunately. <laughs> but, but more importantly, Will, were you going to say he was um, you know, yes. Barkley yeah, on he Next was Generation? Lieutenant you know? Barkley, a recurring character on The Next Generation. Yeah, it was. That's probably I my favorite role of his. I think he was in a couple of Voyager episodes as well. Oh, probably, yeah, the holodeck yeah. stuff. Yeah, when with Counselor yeah. Troy. The crazy guy was? He had yeah. other acting gigs? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's had a long story career. Yeah, wow. I found, yeah, uh, I found his performance in this episode all over the place because one minute he's acting over the top and crazy and then the next minute he, you know, he gets some really good performances later on. But at the beginning, um, if it was just this one-off as a throwaway character, I wouldn't mind this bit of over-the-top acting, but... Yeah, it's one of the points of the episode that is a problem, but he's by no way the worst actor on this episode. Yeah, so this would have been after The Next Generation had gone off the air. He was good on The Next Generation. Yeah, I like him a lot. Like, I liked him on Next Generation, so I guess I kind of had a soft spot for him here. And I guess I thought that he was supposed to be sort of possessed or maybe dual personality or something like that when he was acting really crazy and doing the missionary thing and screaming. And (laughs) then he kind of came out of it and didn't remember what he'd said. And then he was not, I don't know. I guess I thought at least that was how his interpretation of how he was supposed to be playing it. I don't know. Yeah, he, I didn't have that much of a problem with him. Uh, it was the other, the other part. <laughs> it's really hard to play crazy well, I think. Yeah. So, I mean, maybe, maybe nobody could really do that good of a job um, with that kind of material. I don't know. He, yeah, this was just a lot of shouting and clutching at his clothes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so he kind of seems like he's in pain and starts looking for something and looks out the window and appears to see it, says a prayer and runs off, and then we see the ship from earlier coming towards B5 and get the opening credits. Yeah, I think I agree with you, Elizabeth. The season one credits were better. The music, at least, was better. Yeah. I yeah. I think, didn't they play, was it in this episode or the last episode, they played a lot of the theme from the, the first season credits mm-hmm. uh, during the, the episode. I can't remember. Maybe I'm making that up. So after the credits, they're still getting that message from the Copernicus. Amos is no longer in Down Below. He's standing on a table talking doom and gloom and rambling. And he sees Jakar walking by and tries to warn him about something. And then Jakar goes away, tries to get away, and Amos starts bugging Londo. And Garibaldi stops him and takes him away because he doesn't have a missionary license. <laughs> I was very happy to see Jakar. Yeah, I, I thought Jakar, or you know, the actor played that scene really well. I mean, he always does, but yeah, yeah. In total, yeah, in total, I think we only get about maybe five minutes of Lando and Jakar, but it, just that five—they're the best part. Best part of the episode. <laughs> the best of the ep- yeah. All my quotes. Yeah, there's a really good quote in there. I also liked what Lando was sort of grinning <laughs> about the whole thing. I just oh, like yeah. he, was, he was like over on one side, and then he was kind of like paying attention, and he was sort of grinning about it. Yeah, and then he realized. Oh, well, I think it was because he saw he was bugging Jakar. Yeah, you know, and yeah. then it's like, oh yeah, look at it, and then he's like, oh wait a minute, now he's coming after me. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, great, great facial expressions. Okay. I like. Is this the part where Gar- Garibaldi says you have to have like a Class C missionary yeah. license? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I thought that was <laughs> interesting. Yeah. <laughs> 
So I've got to wonder whether crazy preachers in the Zocalo are a regular thing. And he... Yeah. <laughs> the in order to shout crazily, you have to have the Class C for crazy license. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, you, you get the, this random drowsy preacher going on about the benefits of being green. That <laughs> <laughs> would, would have been great. <laughs> So in the CNC, we have Sheridan, Ivanova, and Garibaldi trying to figure out why the ship didn't use a jump gate. They see it's a USS ship that was used in deep exploration before humans got jump gate technology from the Centauri. And they think that maybe it's been adrift ever since. They detect life signs on board and bring the ship in. I don't know if this is the first time they've mentioned who we got jump gate technology from. I think that was new. Okay. Yeah, and maybe the time frame, because we find out here, it's only been 100 years since we've had this technology. Yeah, it's a USS ship. They think they're all EAS now. Did that surprise but, you, Elizabeth? Um, uh, what did what surprise me, sorry? That that was who uh, the human's first contact was with? Did, did you know that? Um, that it was with the Centauri? You know... I, no, I probably... If, if I did, I wouldn't have... I didn't remember, but I, I do remember... Isn't that? Didn't they kind of say something about that on the either the pilot or the first episode where he was talking about when they met, they thought they were related somehow, yeah. and oh yeah, um, because they looked similar. I don't. I don't think they said that. You know, it was the first race they had met, but they. Oh okay. Yeah, but they did say Centauri thought they were a lost colony or something like that. Mm-hmm. Although someone did say, I think it was Sinclair that when they met other races, they found out it wasn't true. Yeah, okay. So it's not been directly said, but yeah, I can see why Elizabeth might have thought all this information would have come before because you're led to that conclusion. Yeah, and there's so many little bits and details here that I, you know, that I've forgotten or that that have been mentioned once, you know, and then you're like, mm, have I said that before? You know, it's hard to sometimes remember if they've said something before mm. or not. So they go aboard the Copernicus and find a cryogenic freezer. Okay, so last week or the week before, somebody was saying, oh, you know, Sheridan delegates. Well, he doesn't delegate anymore. <laughs> yeah, He's not like, in this episode. The top four people are like going Yeah, on. that was the first thing Carl said. He's like, why in the world is the whole command staff on the ship have they seen no horror movies where you yeah. bring, it's like in every alien horror movie where you bring in the ship and then the monster gets on board. Yep. So. Yeah. Yeah, they even had the cheesy... Musical stings as well. I know they can't hear it, but we... (laughs) (laughs) That cheesy alien horror film. Have they never seen those? (laughs) Yeah. Um, I mean, by this point, the sci-fi or sippy channel, whatever they want to be called by this point, must have been making cheesy horror sci-fi films for centuries. (laughs) Yeah. I have a note that says Sheridan Sheridan looks creepy too, WTF. I don't know at what point this was, but he apparently looked really creepy. All the passengers on board are dead except one, so they're taking the one who they're taking her to med lab and some weird stuff's going on in the elevator, the lights are flashing, they're losing her, but they're they continue to take her to med lab. So how many passengers were there then? I think just the two, but I thought just the two, but it doesn't really make a lot of sense. Now, think, there should have been a pilot. I, I don't know. Because yeah. it was two. a huge ship. Sound, I, know, I thought it would have been more than two if they were yeah. saying everybody's dead except one, but I don't know. Oh. They never really said. 
Maybe because they just showed okay. two um, pods and they only talked to, you know, that one girl about her husband. Maybe that's why. Mm. Yeah. Not the Maybe, but it, it, it's weird it because you're, you're completely right. The ship's big enough and the dialogue indicates there should be more than two people. But they only and they even yeah these two. And even his cry- cryotube or whatever didn't fail. So why would a bunch of other pods fail? That, I think that's just a plot hole. Oh, okay. Yeah. So we find out that later on that her name is Mariah Cyrus, who's played by Anne Marie Johnson. I first remember seeing her on What's Happening Now way back in the day. She was Nadine. That's she was, not what she, I know her from. I know her <laughs> from something else. For she sure. was also on Hannah Montana, it looked like, and she was mm-hmm. on the TV show In the Heat of the Night. She's been in some other stuff. Yeah, none of those, is, but I definitely recognize her. Did she act any better in those things than she did? I don't remember her being as bad <laughs> oh. as she was on <laughs> this episode. Yeah, yeah, she but was. In a while. Yeah, she didn't bug no me at all. That's weird. Well, Although okay, yeah. this, this scene is her best acting. Unconscious, she's great. <laughs> <laughs> Just lay there. So in, we next we go to the brig, and Amos is sleeping, but he's still babbling. And this really bad <laughs> guard thinks that they should throw all the lurkers in the space. And Gar- oh. Yeah. Yeah, that guy was terrible. <laughs> and Garibaldi can tell that Amos was in the war because he says he had that same dream. It's kind of some interesting backstory on Garibaldi here. Yeah. Bit. Yeah, this is a nice bit of the episode. I mean, we get a bit of more information later, and I like that it's not just the same as uh, Sinclair say that, you know, he was just another fighter pilot. He's got his own story here. Yeah, and it seemed to work with his personality. I mean, it was very consistent with what we know about him, I think. Yeah, I was really hoping that we'd get more, like, flashbacks or backstory on the Mimbari War, but I'm getting the sense that we're kind of going away from that storyline a little bit um, so far in the second season. So I'm not, I don't know. I don't know that we're going to get much then. I mean, they're still kind of talking about it, but it's more of like a, I don't know, it's more of like an historical thing versus a lot of focus on the Membari and, and, you know, with Sinclair, it was like what happened during the war was like a big part of the storyline because, you know, it was the hole in his mind and everything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So uh, the Copernicus Ivanova is there. She gets the power back on, and she ho- starts to hear strange noises. She doesn't see anything. <laughs> she just and why is she on the ship pain. alone? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, because it's dramatically appropriate. I mean, whenever something that doesn't make sense, you've just got to throw your hands up and say, okay, it, it's a TV show. These stupid things happen. So at this point, Amos wakes up and he's talking to Garibaldi. Says he's never felt better. He has a headache, but that was because they had to sedate him earlier. Garibaldi wants to know where he was stationed during the war. He says he was a gropo, a ground pounder. And Garibaldi asks him about the dreams. He says he never dreams, but, but he's free to go since he's not being charged with anything. But Garibaldi does offer to give him the name of a counselor. Yeah, I mean, we're, we're talking again here about the war a little bit, but um, he mentions Gropos and Ground Pounders, so the Membari War wasn't just fought in space between these ships. You had a land battle going on, probably on different planets. So I, I, I like that idea that, you know, it, you, you might have even had some 
you know, you, you definitely did, sorry, you, you had face-to-face combat and you had sieges and things like that. It, it adds another layer to the whole war. Yeah, that's why I want to know more about it. Like, how logistically does this work? You know, have yeah. uh, species um, were at war against each other, so... Yeah, you're right, Elizabeth. That would have been cool to have a flashback. That would have really added to it to seeing them on the moon. Um, yeah, yeah, just to get a little bit more information. Of, yeah, yeah, it's one of the holes in this um, whole story because there's a couple of them. At this point, you needed a flashback, and later in the story, there seems like there's a whole scene missing out, uh, as if someone wrote the story and then hacked it to pieces to fit the 45 minute time frame. Which very well could have happened. <laughs> yeah, the Lurker's Guide has a long explanation of the Copernicus' like path and how it actually would have worked to, ha- you know, for the monster to to get onto it. Um, yeah, because Carl couldn't figure out. Well, how the heck did he get away? I mean, if he was being his organs were being harvested, or obviously they weren't all being harvested because he's still alive. But but how did he get away? And they don't really explain that. Yeah, it's kind other of than somehow, yeah, the monster basically JMS said just yeah, the monster just let let him go for some reason and didn't interfere when he got rescued. I wonder how much of this came from the writer and how much came from JMS. Yeah, he sounded like he was apologizing a lot for for the episode and the notes <laughs> that he had like they had more of this grandiose idea and then it just didn't quite all come together. You've got to imagine, though, at this time, JMS must be getting increasingly busy. You know, he's writing more episodes. He's trying to, you know, build up this mythology even more. So uh, he probably didn't have much time to take a pass at this script. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, definitely. No excuses. (laughs) Oh, they they can't all be tens. (laughs) Let's make this into a twin Make it at least a six. (laughs) <laughs> so, okay in med lab mariah is having a dream but she wakes up and is this where franklin is stroking her hair i don't know i didn't <laughs> that notice was, that that was creepy no <laughs> it's not a good episode franklin <laughs> at all no we really need a good franklin episode in the last episode he didn't come off looking so great either no. He was funny though last week with the with the diets. At least it was funny. <laughs> it was funny as uh, as long as you don't put yourself in their position. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> as long as he's not giving you a diet. Here I was like inappropriate. <laughs> yeah, I I just think this writer doesn't know how to write for Franklin and is writing a generic space doctor. Yeah, is this the scene where um? She says she can't cry, and he says something about the long-term stasis drying the tear ducts. Uh, that's a little later. I think that's a little later. Yeah, because both, though, um, my yeah, Carl and my husband were both watching it with me, and they were like, "Oh yeah, that's because the actress just couldn't cry." And then she can't act. Shot. Uh, she can't cry. <laughs> I just want to know where she gets her eyeshadow. And her lipstick, because they lasted quite a long time. <laughs> oh, yeah, really. It's that cryogenic suspension. Yeah. yeah. It, it preserves the makeup, too. Yeah. It, it did a good yeah. job. So in Sheridan's office, Ivanova tells Sheridan that the man in the other freezer was murdered by someone or something. This tube didn't fail. 
So um, in med lab, Dr. Franklin says that that man was 90 pounds when he died, when he should have been around 180. He died as a result of organ failure. It looks like something pulled his organs out from the inside. He doesn't think that Mariah did it because she was in stasis the whole time. And how, and like, logistically, how could she do it? <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure that diagnosis is correct. The organs didn't fail, they were removed. <laughs> well, <Yeah. laughs> they failed. It's the failure to, of them being there. Yeah, they failed yeah. after they were taken out. So, like, literally, the organs were just not there. And there were no incisions. I mean, that's basically what it's coming down to. Sound like it. Wow, that's just weird. So, I guess they had to, like, make it so that we knew that it couldn't have been, like, a person yeah, doing it. Couldn't have been her. So. Wait, so the let me read that again. <laughs> Even your notes can't make any sense of this episode. <laughs> the other so there was only one other freezer, so maybe it was just the two of them or maybe the dialogue made it kinda sound like it was maybe only one other freezer. I don't well, know. considering they are kind of on this deep space exploration thing that, you know, they could be woken up at any point. Perhaps the rest of the ship is just engines yeah. and fuel. It sounds like such an expensive proposition or, you know, thing and to do. Just... It, yeah. I mean, at some point they were supposed to do research, I would assume, whenever they got to wherever they were going or, or they were woken up. Yeah. Like, yeah. I... It's not just a sightseeing tour. Also, <laughs> you would think if they're meant to make first contact with alien races, um, they'd be much better at handling, you know, the sight of alien races. Because when she's actually brought to the Zocalo later, and I'm blanking on her name, because... Mariah. She, yeah, wow. Mariah. Um, she, she just, I mean, it's kind of hard to tell, because really, I don't like this actress, but... <laughs> She at least seems like she's shocked at aliens and all oh, that. It seems like she was. I know I'm jumping ahead, but it's, there were reports of aliens, but I never expected this. <laughs> but this is such an expensive mission and such an important mission. What was your husband the diplomat and you were just there as technical support? They must have, yeah, I actually was just looking up in the um, the Babylon Project notes and yet specifically says that they find two cryostasis tubes and that's it. Yeah, I guess they must have each had specialties in different areas, but that seems kind of risky to send out such an expensive ship with just two people. Right. Yeah. Back up. And uh, yeah. it, it didn't, did they even have any like... I don't know. Forget it. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, it doesn't matter. Yeah, clearly the writer so hasn't thought about it. Yeah, we're thinking about it way more than they ever did. <laughs> you know, she was a better. Um, if she was a more interesting character, they could have kept her on. You know, like this person come came from a hundred years ago. I'm sure they could have made some material out of that. You know, yeah. In the next couple episodes, but. I'm glad she's not around, but um, it's What? You bad. don't think she's coming back, Elizabeth? She's going to come back oh. and be Dr. Oh, yeah. Franklin's wife or something? That's right. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> In the next season, so that somebody from his past could come onto the station. Yeah, really. This reminds me of a Next Generation episode where this lady is on a space station. It's a lady from Days of Our Lives. She's there by herself, and something killed everybody. And Jordy 
kind of fell in love with her during the episode and was trying to prove her innocent, I think. It's oh, about that it's it's Geordie <laughs> and not, um, you know, not... Oh, why am I so bad with names this week? Um, like Riker? Or... No, I was actually going to say... Um, I mean, it would have been interesting, you know, female doctor. Oh, Doctor Crusher. Know, yeah, mm-hmm. lesbian relationship, but still, at least Not it back wasn't then, the doctor falling in love. You know, they, you, at least there was no ethical problems like there is in this one. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> there was a there was what is a Deep Space Nine episode. I think it reminded me more was when they found like the cryo tubes from like I think it was even farther back, and it was like Amelia Earhart or something, and <laughs> and they had to adjust to the change. And that was one of the criticisms they brought up in apparently the notes to J- uh, or Jama is that they thought she should be more shocked than she actually was at the changes that had happened in a hundred years. Yeah, the changes, her husband being dead, you know, things. <laughs> yeah. An expression should have crossed her nightmares, face. Yeah. And then being accused of murder. <laughs> she takes it all in her stride. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She's very calm. Maybe that's why she was there, just her calmness. <laughs> so that's oh, it. Oh, no, okay. no, 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 no. <laughs> Sorry, I just thought of another next in comparison. Uh, and again, I'm blanking on names. Empath. Oh, Councillor Troy. Uh, Councillor Troy. Yeah. Uh, she's I've there never just seen to one calm everything down. Elizabeth, you have a job to do. <laughs> <laughs> How many seasons did that go for? Seven uh, seasons. Oh about 25 <laughs> episodes each, I think. 24 of them. Oh, nice. <laughs> uh, well, I've only seen bits and pieces here and there, but enough to get references. I've seen every episode probably like a dozen times at least. <laughs> yeah, we watched them in the air. Did you say you've seen every episode a dozen times? Yeah, I watched it all the time when it was on, and then I got the box set a few years ago, and I've watched it, watched them over and over again. I can I recognize. Sorry. Yeah, I can recognize an episode just like within two seconds of turning it on. <laughs> well, that's how I am with Buffy. So yeah. what, what can I say? How many times have you gone through Babylon Five, though? Oh, I think this is my third time. But, you know, it wasn't on, like, all the time, like, Next Generation was, I don't think. It's yeah, still not on anywhere. <laughs> but once you get the DVDs and VHSs, that's when you get the opportunity to go through it several times. Yeah. I know I've gone through the series maybe a bit more, maybe maybe ten times. Oh. But it, it, oh. it, it it's something you... You don't watch over and over again. You you need to have that bit of a break and just go through and experience the series slowly, as we are now. Yeah, the next generation is mostly procedural, so it's easy just to watch a random episode or right. whenever it comes uh, okay. on. Yeah. Uh, where were we? <laughs> 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 oh yeah, Doctor Franklin gets a call and she wants to see him. So this is where he goes and talks to her, starts questioning her, and she and her husband. And she can't cry. Yeah. Her husband's name was Will, uh, and they're a part of a commercial research group, and he reluctantly tells her they were in stasis for over a hundred years and that her husband died during the voyage. And she tries to cry, and she's like, what have I done? Like, what did that mean? Like, does she, does she know she had done something at this point and didn't want to admit it, or am I just I forgetting know. something? It, it, it's just a line to throw suspicion on her at the moment. Yeah, I think, yeah, I think so, yeah. 
And it probably but wouldn't make anyone... no sense in hindsight. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but did anyone really think that she was at all guilty? I don't think no. I no. ever did. No, no. No. It just didn't make any sense. I mean, it was yeah. obviously a monster on board the ship because that's what always happens in these kind of stories. <laughs> yeah. I didn't no. get, and also I wasn't, I didn't even understand what they were trying to say about how she could be related to her. So I didn't even get that whole thing. So yeah, totally did not think it was going to be her. But I just realized something when you read out the description there, Will. Yeah. It's a commercial enterprise. So yeah. Oh. what happens now if the business is still in operation? They pay her a lot of money. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Or maybe they actually sue her. <laughs> I don't well, know. I should have a lot of back pay coming. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, again, the business model doesn't make sense. Wasn't there, I don't know if it was the Lurker's Guide or something that happened later in the episode where they were saying that, you know, they found jump gate technology right after this, so what about people, other people who were sent out there, where are they now? What happened Yeah, that was in the Lurker's Guide. You see, I, I, I would think that it would actually make more commercial sense to send out ships through jump gates to intercept these vessels and to bring the people back home. Or just leave Rather them out there. Them out. <laughs> they may have tried to do that, but they just lost track of some of them. Well, well and it Maybe. sounded like this one got put off course mm -hmm. because when the monster jumped on board at the moon, the what's his face Amos was on, it rerouted the ship it towards Ahadoom. Yeah. So it would have been off course from the course Earth would have known. Yeah, yeah so it. it would have been able to recover this one, but. Uh, I'm just trying to pick holes in this episode wherever I can. Yeah. It's easy. There plenty. Yeah, there's really not a problem there. So Amos goes down to the Copernicus and says, Holy Mother, and he gets chased off. So why were they chasing him? I forgot. Because he was somewhere he wasn't supposed to be. Was that it? Or You would have thought they were no. probably quarantining the ship at least. It's the same kind of random. <laughs> just mm. chasing him. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> So next we see Dr. Franklin and Mariah walking through the station. She's never seen an alien before, even though there were signs of, I guess, alien life when she left. I was yeah. just, it, this is, must have been really soon after he told her her husband was dead. I, I was yeah, just really very soon after, Really soon as well after him saying, I want to take this slow. <laughs> what? <laughs> you know, take your recovery slow. So, within hours of telling you your husband's dead, and hours after you getting out of a coma, I'm going to take you for a walk around the Zoclo. Yeah, show you everything. Introduce you to different. really scary-looking aliens. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it's a pan of aversion therapy. <laughs> sure. Let's, let's say it's it. scientifically based. <laughs> We get a nice little bit of history here. We made contact with the Centauri, started establishing trade, trade routes and leasing time on jump gates before eventually building our own. She's upset that they didn't wait a few more years because her trip would have been unnecessary. And Franklin says what they did took courage. He talks about Earth's major wars between the Dilgar and the Minbari. Did they remind me about the Dilgar War? I thought that was a nice callback. That was the Deathwalker episode. Yeah. yeah but how Death was he? How was, yeah. I, I do remember that, but how how was Earth involved in that one? They came to the rescue of the League of Non-Aligned Worlds, which the uh, okay. were kind of systematically assassinating, I think. Okay. 
Yeah, uh, I couldn't remember if because I knew they had talked about it, but I didn't remember if Earth was involved or not. Yeah. So this one, Jakar comes along, introduces himself. He says, <laughs> "He was some- great." <laughs> yeah, yeah. He says something that really scares her and sounds really sinister. She starts having visions, and <laughs> I was like, "Jakar wants to mate." <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, if you remember way back in the pilot, yeah, does have I know he likes those human girls. Yep. Yeah. And later she wakes up in Dr. Franklin's quarters. <laughs> wow. Because oh, they were closer than med lab. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Inappropriate. Uh, oh, my God. Yeah. It's, mm. I was like, what's wrong with him? I wrote that down. <laughs> and also, I was kind of hoping that he'd, he'd be a gay character. And I know that there was that one episode um, where he was kind of hitting on that the doctor's daughter. But they yeah. never really went anywhere with this. But, yeah. Oh, yeah. So. Never mind. He's just a really creepy heterosexual. <laughs> so this is well, where... please don't take this episode as complete definition of his character. Okay, um, it seems, this seems very out of more, character for him. Th- yeah, yeah. Okay, last episode he was being a little bit creepy in some ways to Ivanova, but this. Oh isn't... yeah. That's right. <laughs> that one he was. But, he, but more or less, he was professional. Whereas in this, he just really wasn't professional. No. no wasn't. Uh, it, it's... And he usually is. Oh, uh, Dr. Franklin. Yeah. Hey, we'll yeah. Uh, this is where he admits that something on the ship killed her husband. And she's wondering if she's a suspect. He thinks something in her dreams might reveal who the killer is. And he tells her that she's not alone. And they kiss. And <laughs> and they both kind of agree that it wasn't appropriate. She was just scared, and Hare just heard her rest, and she passes out pretty much as soon as he says that. <laughs> I wish I could sleep that quickly. Oh, no, no. I've just been watching the new Doctor, and, yeah, there's a moment where he, 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 he makes someone sleep almost immediately, and this kind of has, has aspects of that. <laughs> it's, I need to rest now. But, yeah. Zonk. She's out. <laughs> I don't get how hard up is Dr. Franklin? I mean, <laughs> he's a good looking doctor. He should he be. He is, yeah. Stuff. Well, he says later he's married to his work, so I guess okay. doesn't have time. Yeah, he's he does seem to work all the time. <laughs> You're not alone. So he can only have relationships with patients. <laughs> <laughs> Somewhere we see Garibaldi eating, and <laughs> so what do you think about the what the other guy that was eating? That was funny. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Nice little scene. So Amos comes along and he's babbling again and Garibaldi is taking him away and Amos says that death is on the station and it came off the sit off the ship and says he saw it do the same thing during the war. And at this point on another part of the station we see somebody being killed by something that's the creature. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this was an oddly short, oddly staged little thing. Because these this alien scrabbling around in the junk for things, and this clearly scary monster looms over him, and he's kind of got his arms up. Will you be my friend? <laughs> it, yeah. Yeah, it was a uh, weird flash. Yeah. In Med Lab, they've determined that this alien died the same way uh, Mariah's husband did. Garibaldi's not sure that Mariah is who she appears to be. She might have, she might be something they've never seen before. And they talk about how 
As the ship passed close to the same moon that Amos was stationed on, Franklin doesn't think she could have done it because she was with him last uh. night. Ah. <laughs> uh. And Sheridan wants Mariah under watch, and the League of Non-Aligned Worlds have called for a meeting to discuss the possibility that something came off that ship. I'm glad the League of Non-Aligned Worlds are back. Yeah. <laughs> they uh, they uh, protest a lot, and I like them. <laughs> yeah, I was just going to say that... Sheridan, as soon as he heard that um, Mariah was with Franklin all night, he should have said, and Franklin, you're, you're suspended until this mystery is solved or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> he, he did look disgusted. Yeah, but, he was. Yeah. Because Garibaldi said he moved pretty quickly, Doctor, or something like that. Yeah, he, he <laughs> made some kind of yeah smart remark. In the council meeting, we see one representative. I can't remember what race he was. But was it the same I, um, guy? I actually looked that up. It was the Markab ambassador. Markab, okay. Yeah, um, we've seen Markab around here and there. <clears throat> yeah, the Markab guy wants her removed. He thinks he brought a soldier of darkness on board. Lando's skeptical, skeptical. I always say that word wrong. <laughs> skeptical. <laughs> but Jakar is interested. <laughs> Oh wait, was the was the guy that was playing the um oh. alien was he the same guy that played the green drowsy? Kim Strauss? I don't know, I didn't look that up. Oh okay. It probably was. It probably was. Hmm. Uh, yeah, he kinda yeah. had the same yeah, manner good. Yeah. We've seen Mark up here and there all the way back since uh, the first season. But we've never really met one yet until this episode. So, so they're it was called... nice sorry. What are they called? Markab. Markab. Sheridan doesn't want to just ignore this. The Markab guy says they're going to do something about her if Sheridan doesn't. Sheridan doesn't like threats, and he says he's going to protect everyone on the station. He... I have a note that says, can't he just use a gavel app? That's <laughs> <laughs> a little sound. Uh, maybe it's just kind of the whole ceremony of the thing. <laughs> So he adjourns the meeting. Uh, he goes to talk to Ivanova, saying he'll believe in this soldier of darkness when he sees it, and Ivanova hopes it doesn't come to that. Nothing more to say about this. No. <laughs> Just a bit perfunctory. So Garibaldi does something. Where else my place? Oh, he goes to wake up Amos. Hell, he, was, he wakes he, up oh, from yeah, a dream, was, actually. Yeah, he was they? dreaming. And... So we've seen a lot of Garibaldi's chest hair this season. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if that's intentional, but I'm getting a good view. <laughs> he gets Amos to take him to where he found the thing, and all they find down there is a lurker, and Amos starts yelling for the creature to come out. Uh, Garibaldi tells Amos about his time in the ward. I didn't write it down because I didn't really <laughs> care about this part. But still, it's a it's a good little um yeah bit of backstory for Garibaldi. This whole war story, mm -hmm. I think it's kind of a it was about a guy in his platoon of saying something about the walls and when oh yeah the Membari stormed in, he was the first guy to get killed. So Garibaldi <laughs> listens to crazy people now. <laughs> yeah, he believes. I, didn't, I was just, I was having so much trouble getting through this episode a second time. I was like, uh. I hear you. Well, again, the first time I watched this episode for our rewatch, I fell asleep. <laughs> I tend to do that on episodes I don't like. <laughs> it's almost a defense mechanism. <laughs> 
And now Amos tells him about the listening post where he was stationed. I didn't write that down either. <laughs> I don't remember. <laughs> and Garibaldi asks him how he survived. He says he didn't. It kept him alive as a snack, and it feeds on you, becomes a part of you. When they found him, he was 85 pounds, and nobody actually believed him until now. And he thinks the creature's calling him, and he takes off. Yeah, the physics of this thing don't make sense, but okay, fine, whatever. Yeah. Um, Franklin finds Mariah in the Copernicus. She says that is all she has. Where are all the guards that are meant to be watching her? And why do they let her back onto the Copernicus? And they're watching her. They watched her go on the Copernicus, probably, but maybe. I yeah, know. I couldn't figure <laughs> out how she got there. Yeah, she just suddenly popped up there. I didn't know if I'd fallen asleep and missed something, <laughs> but both times. Again, as I said, there seems to be tons of this episode missing. <laughs> yeah, or they just didn't care about, I don't know. Logic. Yeah, sense. bad cuts yeah. or something, yeah. He doesn't want to move too fast. She says she misses her husband, but things weren't perfect between them. But yeah, This is where Dr. Franklin says work has always come first in his life. He wants to find out what killed her husband and is on the station. She says in her dreams there was something in the tube with her, and she thinks he was using her for food. And she realizes that she's put everybody on the station in great danger. So, uh, was, was she talking about her dreams since she was rescued, or I think she she's meant, saying that she was having dreams while she was in stasis? I was, I That's assumed, what I thought. Yeah, I assumed it was in stasis. Because that would be... Wow. I mean, to have dreams and remember your dreams for that time just seems not possible. I don't know. Well, it's so vague what's going on here, but it seems like there's some sort of psychic connection between this parasite thing and its host or whatever's happening. Because it's not quite clear if it's a parasite, if it's a creature somehow dematerializing their organs out of them or maybe they're feeding on its fat or what something yeah and and you know i'm okay with random monsters that make no sense because (laughs) hey i love buffy but like you have to have other things good about the episode you know what i mean like you have to have Mm -hmm. like a metaphor that works or good character interaction yeah. yeah so none of this works for me uh, next, we see Garibaldi looking for Amos. Garibaldi hears a scream and runs off. And next, we see Garibaldi updating Ivanova and Sheridan on the situation. So, what was the scream about? Did they ever answer that? I'm not sure they did. <laughs> so he think- I don't know. My notes have ended, so I'm out of. <laughs> yeah, notes. I'm at the very bottom of my notes. <laughs> I basically <laughs> have here. We all thought, or Car- Carl thought, oh, oh, Amos is going to die, and he thought that would be the only thing that would redeem the episode is if Amos died. <laughs> so yeah, oh were- <laughs> yeah, yeah. I thought Amos was going to die too. So Garibaldi thinks that Mariah might be able to help them find the creature. Ivanova thinks it's risky to use her since she's connected to it. I guess. Sheridan wants them to be ready for whatever the thing is. Uh, next, Garibaldi goes to see Mariah in Med Lab. He wants her to help them find it, but Franklin wants to come along with them. Uh, and then we get another bit of the episode that's completely missing. We get the part of the episode where we get Franklin, Garibaldi, and Mariah encountering the monster. All we get is what happens next, and yeah. It, because it seems to jump from them saying, we're going to find the monster, to um, 
Sinclair and uh, sorry Sheridan <laughs> and the yeah. one of her talking about how they've lost contact with Garibaldi. Yeah, it may be one of those like BSG budget kind of things where you don't see the battle but you see the ships returning back from the battle and mm. they like jump towards mm. it. Yeah. So in the CNC, yeah, they're getting weapons fire from Brown 90 and they head down there and this you see. Mariah and Franklin tending to the wounded and Garibaldi still inside and Bonneville and Sheridan go in. Yeah, this was where I was like, man, well, this he's just like Sinclair going right into the fight here. Exactly. Mm. Yeah, this didn't seem in character either as much. Uh, yeah. Uh, you also have bad invisible monster and then later on bad CGI monster. Garibaldi is looking for Amos and finds him floating and shoots at the creature. Uh, yeah, this is the bad invisible <laughs> monster bit. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> they meet up with Sheridan, who also fires on the creature, has a plan. He tells Ivanova to triangulate her her fire on his position and to wait. Amos realizes the creature is too smart and you have to give the creature what it wants, so he runs off to lure it out. Creature comes Ooh. out, <laughs> knocks Amos down. Everybody opens fire on it and kills it. And Garibaldi. Okay, yeah, there's a bit of a plot Garibaldi hole here. Helps him up. What? Um, yeah, this I part mean, made no sense, but <laughs> right. Like, how do they know it's actually dead if they've never? How do, it, it just well, vanishes. Well, that, yeah, that, and you've also got Amos's plan doesn't exactly make sense because he says it's too clever. Got to give it what it wants. Telling them his plan right in front of the monster, and plus the clever the monster. monster's got yeah, plus the clever monster's got this psychic connection. So your plan, you just told it your plan, and yet somehow you managed to kill it anyway. Yep. Uh, plot yeah. convenience. Also, yeah. also, I mean, how I never got the impression um, during the rest of the episode that it was sort of like this one sort of I don't know a, a creature that takes up a certain finite amount of space. I was thinking it was more of like an invasive type presence that kind of that mm. kind of invaded Amos's consciousness and invaded the ship and invaded the colony on the moon and was more amorphous than this single invisible invisible monster in space, like in mm. yeah. three dimensional space, more like a spirit sort of. Yeah, or, yeah. and it could be that would have made more, more sense. than one place. Oh, definitely, mm. and. Uh, and being this thing that seems to be this giant invisible, well, let, let's face it, the shape it put out of the uh, devil, it, it's just uh, crass in the way, it's the best way to describe it. It's, you're hammering home your metaphor with a sledgehammer. And it, I'm saying metaphor because it's the vaguest of vague metaphors. This devil creature, this monster, is literally a monster. <laughs> It's a yeah. it's a metaphor for itself. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, so next in med lab, Mariah and Franklin are tending to Amos. <laughs> Wait, what is? What are they? Wait, so I she's. I have no notes on. That. Okay. <laughs> this seems like <laughs> some kind of breach of um, the HIPAA. Yeah, like why is it? Oh yeah, really. <laughs> is she a doctor? Well, yeah. you don't find out. Maybe she is. She was, yeah. She got to perform some role on that ship, but yeah, yeah and 
this is kind of a forced scene to write her out of the episode. Yeah, I know. I was like, I have my notes. This is typical. The guest star can't stay. Yep. yep. She's got a hundred years to catch up on, blah, blah, blah. And then they kiss. It would have been easier to kill her. <laughs> <laughs> they kiss again and she leaves. See ya. So then Ivanova is telling Sherrod, whoa. Somebody on motorcycles are. Ivanova's telling Sheridan that they finished analyzing the data from the Copernicus and what Mariah said checked out. It turns out the creature reprogrammed the ship's destination to a new place, Zahadun, the place that Jakar had mentioned. How is that spelled? Z apostrophe H A apostrophe D U M. That sounds very like Tolkien-ness. <laughs> yeah, it, Doom. Yeah, 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 that's right. It's, yeah, and I, which I, when I was first watching it way back when, I always thought maybe that's where it came from, but then I have read since in, like, his notes that it wasn't supposed to be. Yeah, but he is a big fan of Tolkien, so, so probably, probably subconscious, yeah. yeah. Next we see Jakar in his quarters with, like, 50 million candles. <laughs> Yes, I love his candles. I was like, candles are back. Our space candles. I wonder yeah. if it's the same where ones. This, where, where is this candle shop on the Zocalo? <laughs> we have to see it. Yeah, there, there's no fire hazard on a ship in space. Not at all. No, the car needs to take his basket to the market and just buy a candle replacement. <laughs> oh, I want to see that. <laughs> I wonder if they're using the same candle and slowly over time we'll see them get, you know, lower and lower. <laughs> then by the yeah. time the series ends, there won't be anything left. <laughs> so he's looking in the book of Jaquan and sees a drawing of a creature, which I think was supposed to be the same creature they killed earlier. Yeah, we kind of had the vague outline, yeah. It was better in the book, though. Yeah. (laughs) It better be the same creature, otherwise, what the hell? (laughs) What did they show us? And that was the end of the episode. (laughs) Yay! (laughs) One interesting thing I did write down from the Lurker's Guide notes was that I guess the biggest complaint that JMS had heard about Sheridan so far was that he giggled and smiled too much. Yes, he so does! Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, as I was saying, saying before, it's a vault of the network. They wanted a smiling captain. It's to the creepy point, though. <laughs> it's like he has this perma-grin on his face. And I can totally see why they call him a, uh, a golden retriever. Because he has that sort of dumb, <laughs> happy, happy look on his face. Not that golden retrievers are dumb, but they kind of are in the dog scale. But <laughs> I love dogs. Yeah. Yeah, JMS just wanted everyone to remember the golden, the first rule of B5, nobody is what they appear. So if you think that's all there is to Sheridan, don't. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Anybody have any quotes? Lori? Um, okay. If I get the first one, I get the Jakar one. I do it. Okay. Uh, take my advice and go back to the time you came from. The future isn't what it used to be. <laughs> oh, yes, I have that one. Like, yeah. yeah, I've got that one, too. Not many to choose from in this episode, though. No. They're mostly Jakar. Well, <laughs> Some... I'll, I'll do a Franklin one. <laughs> I don't sleep with my patients. <laughs> we'll see. Hmm. <laughs> because they don't want to? <laughs> Did somebody say the um, one about... You got a plan. Maybe that was Heidi's. Or, okay. Well, Ivana, but you got a plan, Sheridan. Let's try not to get killed, Ivana. But brilliant. I may have taken your <laughs> yeah, quote, Heidi. Great. I've got a Garibaldi one, actually. 
You are about to accuse the Centauri ambassador of being in league with the devil, which might not be too far from the truth. Yeah, that's a good one. I had that one. <laughs> Any others? Um, I've got, if uh, no one else does, um, let me find it. Uh, this is uh, starts out with Amos. A sound tree cannot bear evil fruit unless it's got bad roots. Oh, please, don't I have troubles enough? I have walked in the valley of... And then Jakar cuts in. Good. Keep on walking. <laughs> and then, he's, then, then he says to, to Londo, you with the hair. Actually, before that, Londo says, hurry up, Ambassador. He's, kept, he, he's getting he's away. He's catching on you or something like that. Sorry, yeah. I misquoted it badly. Yeah, yeah. yeah that, that's the best scene in the whole episode, the Londo-Jakar scene. <laughs> yeah, it almost feels like... Um, they, you know, as the actors were going through the script, so uh, someone realised it. They needed this scene, and it was it almost felt improvised. Mm, yeah, I uh, just had one more was from the alien. Uh, I just had alien. I don't know. Evil sometimes wears a pleasant face. Uh, <laughs> mm, oh yeah, that's a good one. So let's do our characters of the week. Who is human of the week? I'll say Garibaldi. Yeah, that's the only the only yeah. possible choice for me. <laughs> yeah, that that's what I had yeah. as well. Even though I, I kind of actually liked Amos, I guess I've got a soft spot for that actor, and I, so I kind of liked him. Um, and then then Carl uh, always likes to do um, somewhat random humans, and so his random human of the week was the uh, lurker that Garibaldi pointed his gun at when they were searching for the alien. <laughs> oh, that guy. <laughs> yeah. Fair enough with this like episode. It. You know, you don't have much to choose from. Yeah, there wasn't much. This one was hard. Who's alien of the week? Well, there's only really two, I guess, or three. Well, three. Four. Oh, that's, well, yeah. Well, if you want to You count the, the monster. Creature, you've got the Mark Cab, and you've got Londra and uh, Jakar. Oh, well, I don't know. Jakar or the Mark Cub? Cab? Yeah, I like Jakar. I like Jakar. I, he had that I great quote. Yeah. If, you, if someone gets a quote, I think that puts him on the roster for animal or human of the week. Thought his acting was particularly good. I mean it always is, but it was just in such contrast maybe to hers that he really like <laughs> carried that scene and made it good other mm. you know. Yeah, and I was just really happy to see him too. Oh yeah. Creature always. didn't really get any dialogue this <laughs> <laughs> No quotes from him or her. <laughs> so do you want to do episode ratings want to start us out lori okay um yeah not not so good for all the reasons we've talked about um this was carl's i'd say least favorite episode so far since um he skipped a lot of uh season one um so he gave it a four out of ten is everyone there oh yeah Okay. Yeah. It all of a sudden got really quiet. Okay. I know. It's, it sounds um, really good now. <laughs> uh, but four out of ten nothings. It wasn't worth liking anything. <laughs> and I gave it a little better. I'm going to give it a five out of ten for the uh, the Jakar quotes. And uh, so I gave it five out of ten moving tentacles for dinner. <laughs> all right. How about you, Elizabeth? Yeah, I didn't like it that much at all. Um, yeah, I think we covered that. Uh, Franklin disturbed me. Uh, Sheridan was acting weird in terms of like having everybody that's important just sort of go on the ship and smiling creepily. And I didn't care for the metaphor, not metaphor monster and the guest star was really annoying. So both of them, I guess. And so I'll give it a four um, pervy hair strokes. (laughs) 
Okay. Um, so how about My you, turn? Ian? Yeah. Yeah, well, first of all, last week's episode wasn't too good, but it was nowhere near as bad as this. So it actually gained a few points. That's why I rated it uh, where I did, because it would have scored lower if it wasn't immediately followed by this episode. Uh. Uh, so that is that. Oh, it's not as bad as Believers, but it, it's really awful in a lot of terrible ways, and it's got a horrible actor on it, and she really drags the episode down. But you've got to Carl with some lovely lines, well, a little bit of plot uh, that's going to go forward as well. So there are some good parts of this episode, and I do like Garibaldi's backstory, but on the whole, I'm disappointed. Even the music on this episode sounded bad. It was cliche. It felt more like something you would hear on a bad 80s horror um, movie or something like that. So I'll score it a little bit better than Elizabeth. I'm going to give it 5 out of 10 dried tear ducts. Yeah, I think you guys covered it pretty well. I just didn't like the episode. I didn't like the, yeah, I didn't like the main storyline. The acting by the guest stars, Franklin, was pretty inappropriate. And I guess the Jakar Londo scene and was slowly the main redeeming factor. So I gave it six and a half out of ten cryogenic freezers. Wow, that's a decent score. Yeah, we've got to see what Heidi gives it, but this might be, he's probably going to be the lowest one this season. Speaking of Heidi, she did send us in feedback. Let's see if I can play it. I haven't, I'm recording on a different computer this week, so I haven't tested any of this out. <laughs> it's always fun. Hey guys, sorry I couldn't make it today, but I wanted to get in some feedback about this episode. So, in this episode, Dr. Franklin is being very inappropriate with his patient. Um, I, I found this slightly disturbing, and I know that he kind of addressed it, you know, that her husband had just died and everything, but, um, hello, her husband just died. I mean, according to, you know, her timeline and how things had been going, I just, wow, I was, I was really annoyed with him in this episode. Um, so this Amos guy has a reverse Horcrux thing going on because, uh, part of him is still in the darkness rather than part of the darkness being in him. Um, I'm still not exactly sure what this means, but yeah. Um, anyway, so Jakar is becoming way too much like Kosh. He's even like starting to look more wise and Hmm. I'm not sure I really like it because I like, you know, more evil, straightforward Jakar. Um, now, obviously, this has something to do with space spiders, because the whatever took over this ship was going to meet up with them. So, yeah, no real idea, but um, it has to tie in somehow. And that was an interesting picture at the end with Jakar's book, and I want to know more about what that is exactly. <clears throat> so, I'm gonna, let's see, a quote I have is, Ivanova, you got a plan? Sheridan. Let's try not to get killed. Ivanova, brilliant. I'm going to say the alien of the episode is Jakar, because I I don't know, I wasn't really impressed with anybody else. So, um, human, I'm going to go with Garibaldi, and Franklin loses completely. <laughs> and uh, my rating 
this was an okay episode, kind of middle ground for me. So 5.5 out of 10 cases of sexual harassment by your physician. And I looked at the next episode's title, and it's called Spider in the Web. So there better be some space spiders involved. I want to see lots and lots of space spiders. And maybe the spider leader. He'll be like Aragog or the spider from Lord of the Rings that I can't think of his name. But anyway... I'm sorry I missed this one, so talk to you guys later. Bye. I think it was Shelob versus Shelob. I don't oh, know. Shelob. Yeah. Shelob. Yeah. Mm. Well, she's on course with everything else we've been saying. Yeah. Wow. She even got our um, Alien and Human of the Week correct. Yeah, that makes our total score a 5.2, which I think is our third lowest of the series so far. That sounds about right. Yeah. <laughs> After infection and believers. Yeah. 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 You know, I always forget this episode actually exists. <laughs> Every time I get to it, I'm surprised by it. Yeah, it doesn't really feel like season two. It feels more like season one. Right. It, yeah. Oh, yeah. Let's take a cryo ship to feedback land. No. <laughs> oh, no. We don't want to encounter some crazy invisible monster. So, our first... Oh, we got an iTunes review. <laughs> Yay! See, see, Todd Clark says, Great show and great podcast. Outstanding podcast. The newbies have great theories and speculations, even when wrong. I love rewatching... <laughs> I love rewatching the show along with the newbies and experts. One of the podcasts I most look forward to each week. Thank Bye. you. Really nice review that. And thanks for the five stars. Nice. Uh, we have a comment on our website from Board99. Anybody want to take that? Sure. No, go ahead. <clears throat> okay. The best thing about this episode is the title. The rest of the episode is no more than okay, but that may have been the point. <laughs> I'm 90% certain that TL oh, The Long Dark was one of the first episodes that I saw when the show was originally being broadcast. Not when it was first broadcast, but when it was rerun later in the season, since I started watching midway through and saw several episodes for the first time out of order. The fact that I don't have a clear enough memory to be 100% certain that I saw it then is, I think, a sign of how profoundly average an episode this is. <laughs> It's another instance of the genre of B5 stories that could have been on TNG. <laughs> and tellingly, guest star is an actor most recognizable to me then and now as that guy from those TNG episodes that I didn't like. <laughs> no reflection on Dwight Schultz as an actor. I just hated th those particular stories. As a B5 does TNG story, TLD isn't bad. It shows a surer hand than first season instances like Believers in having hints of the overall orc and the background, but still giving you a straightforward, self-contained science fiction story in the foreground that you can latch onto and follow without having seen much else. Basically, I don't think it's just that the long dark is routine. I think the long dark flaunts just how routine it is, and to the new viewer it says, on a routine basis, this show will be at least okay by the standards of what you're used to in this genre. You might as well keep watching. Wow, thanks. <laughs> Thank you so much. It, yeah, comparing it to um, a Star Trek-style episode, it does a better job than a lot of um, things they do sometimes. I, I'm not saying Star Trek um, overall is bad. It does some good episodes, but... It, it it's an out you know it's a standard episode for Star Trek actually and B five does it slightly better you're right but for for B five this is a bad story 
Uh, next we have an email from Victor. Want to take that, Ian? Yeah, I can. Is it season one again? I thought we were <laughs> mm-hmm. done with these Monster of the Week episodes. This week, they find a derelict ship so old that it has a normal name, the Copernicus. Wasn't named after a conquistador or a disaster. Meanwhile, a scruffy-looking lurker is running around and making a nuisance of himself. Most people would think he's insane, but Garibaldi realises that he was in the war and has PTSD. When the PTSD guy harasses the Narn ambassador, I can't... I can really... I can really identify with Jakar. <laughs> Sorry, I can really identify with the way Jakar brushes him, brushes him off. That's what I, that's what I'd love to do with every religious zealot who wants to hand out his literature to me. PTSD guy goes on to claim Lando is in league with the devil and that his death came from aboard the Copernicus. And that death came from aboard the Copernicus. Hmm, you can make a case that PTSD guy is two for two. At very late, at very least, he's more insightful than most of the people on Babylon 5. <laughs> I don't know what to make of Franklin. Last week he was this self-righteous food Nancy, and now he's behaving inappropriately with one of his patients. Even in the future, doctors get to make up their own rules. Finally... The evil beastie is slain, and they find it was on its way out to the Galactic Rim. It seems all of the galaxy's forces of darkness are heading for that mysterious and foreboding world of Zahadum. Cue ominous music. (laughs) Sorry, that's my little edition. But that little bit of story art and a couple of Quotes from Jakar aren't enough to save this episode. Only six live appetizers out of ten. <laughs> Regards, Victor. Thanks, Victor. Yes, thank you, Victor. Yeah, cheers for the little bit of feedback this week. <laughs> There's not much to say about this episode, ah, oh, but thanks for what you did. Eric's email is from Michael. I'll take that one. He says, "Hi all. Sorry for the lack of recent feedback. I've been struggling to get the episodes watched in time for your recordings." Hopefully this one sneaks in at the 11th hour, and then we got it. Oh, no worries, yeah. On to the episode. This one felt more like a season one type episode, but better that the Monster of the Week, but better than the Monster of the Week stories we got then. Perhaps it was Dwight Schultz's presence, as I have fond memories of him from A-Team and Star Trek. I think he plays crazy well, and he pulled the more... No, he does not, (laughs) (laughs) And he pulled the more solemn work here as well. I really enjoyed his scenes with Garibaldi. They related very well and showed a different aspect of Mr. G. A pairing I didn't enjoy was the doctor and his patient. He was just creepy with his hands all over her. <laughs> Must have been terrifying for the poor young women. Perhaps she now thinks that all men are like that in the future. <laughs> I really like the image of the full station command staff being the first to board a drifting spaceship with God knows what on board. Very funny. A little Jakar and Londo in this one, but better than nothing, and some humorous scenes. Overall, I like the main story, the guest star and how it linked in with the overall season arc about strange happenings out on the rim. I've got to knock off a point or two for the Doctor being weird and the lack of ambassador action. I just find them more interesting. Rating 7 out of 10 touchy-feely doctors. 
Hitman of the Week, Amos. I liked his backstory and interactions with Garibaldi. Alien of the Week, Nameless Trazi had the crawling food next to Garibaldi and conveyed much with his body language without speaking. <laughs> I don't know why, but I liked him, and there isn't much competition this week. True. Quote, Sheridan, it's a good bet that he didn't reach down his throat and yank out his own heart. <laughs> Keep up yeah, all that one. Yeah. Keep up all the great work, Michael, UK podcast fan. Thanks, Michael. Uh, thank you, Michael. Thanks, everybody. Yes, want to send yeah. us feedback? Send it to mail at downbelowpodcast.com or leave a comment on downbelowpodcast.com or head on over to iTunes and leave us a review. Or send us a, what do you call it? A, just like an MP3 yeah. file? Is that how we do that? Yes, an MP3 file with your comments. Uh, how about we do some predictions, Elizabeth? Like Heidi said, the next episode is called A Spider in the Web. Okay, well, (laughs) uh, a spider in the web. So the spider is the predator in this situation um, and not the prey. So, and there's only one. So I I don't know how that links exactly to the space spiders. Um, I got to imagine that it links to them somehow because, yeah, spiders. But the only, the main um, predator that I see so far is Morden. So maybe, and he relates to the space spider somehow. So maybe um, it's, it's more about how Morden is entrapping Londo with his predictions or something to do with a little bit more with Morden's backstory or what's going to happen or why he's asking people to request things. That's what I'm hoping. I, I would love to see that. Um, I'm hoping we get more information about what the space spiders are and not just yet another episode of foreshadowing them um and uh, yeah that's pretty much it all right cool yeah so episode six a spider in the web i was just looking at the anyway Lori, <laughs> 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 thank you for joining us again we Yay. really enjoyed hearing from you and carl every week this season you're very welcome yeah, we've been having fun, fun. Oh yeah, it's always fun to hear both of your opinions. And Carl, <laughs> Carl is like two his like point you know oh oh eight three six rating systems or whatever. Yeah, the, the, this random. episode wasn't good enough to warrant that amount of fun. So. <laughs> no, definitely not. But also enjoy his random, um, you know, alien or humans of the week. Yeah, he, he's anxiously awaiting Kosh's return because Kosh automatically gets it if he's in the episode. But <laughs> when will Kosh return? That is the question. Oh, yeah. Hopefully he gets a line soon. Yeah. <laughs> You'll have to jo- Oh, yeah, you are joining us later on in the season. Yes. Right, yeah, cool. th- this was my um, I didn't want y'all to be guestless episode. And there's another one you may have to step in. <laughs> oh, okay, yeah, I'll, you let me know. Yeah. <laughs> I think there's one, yeah, real late in the se- real late in the season, so it's much later in the year. Yeah, not, it's not a favorite. It's not a fan favorite. Apparently not. I don't really remember it, if I recall. But yeah, yeah, I can't remember. I it probably either blocked now, it fans. out. Yeah, <laughs> probably. Still, there's plenty of. I time had blocked for... this one out. Yeah, still, there's plenty of time for someone else to oh, still yeah. sign up for that if they really want it. Cool. I mean, it'd be great to hear from you, uh, you know, get on the Facebook if you can and take a look at the episode list. There is an episode waiting if you want to guest on. Absolutely. It's fun talking with you guys, no matter what the episode is. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm sure it'll, uh, next episode will be better. (laughs) (laughs) Unless it's Believers Part 2. 
That's all we have for this week, folks. We'll be back in one week with the spider in the web. And until next time, goodbye. Bye. Goodbye. Look for us on the web in iTunes and on Stitcher Radio. Also, downbelowpodcast.com, facebook.com slash group slash downbelowpodcast, and twitter.com slash downbelowcast.